What is good, guys? It's the Boston Brits and the basketball ass himself, Mr. Josh Coyne. And we're back for a brand new episode of The Garden Party. Now, we've done a lot better than we have done in last year. You know, we're on episode two. So that's one more than we did last year. But Josh, how are you this week? Good, thank you. It's a good time to be a Boston Celtics fan. Good time to be a basketball fan. Good time to be able to witness somebody like Victor Wambanyama. Yeah, to be fair, I've not watched much of him, but from uh, what everyone's been saying, that he is is as good as what everyone hyped him up to be. So, um, anyway, should we jump straight into the Celtics conversations? Now we've had a crazy week to be a Boston Celtics fan. It's been a exciting week. The seas have played since we last spoke. The seas have played three games, from I remember, because obviously we spoke about the Knicks game, didn't we? In episode one, but yeah, two 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 games since then. They're they're three and zero. Yeah, so we've had the. I know we we released it just as the Miami game was started, so we didn't know the result, did we? Then, so, no. uh, yeah, we played Miami, sees one hundred nineteen, Miami one hundred eleven, and then we um, played the Wizards one hundred twenty six, one hundred seven, and then the big game, the game which blew my mind was the Celtics 155 win against the Pacers 104. Was it 104? I believe it was 104. 104. Yeah, totally, totally battered them. Um, you, you can keep in when I said with Freno, obviously. Uh, I, it was my birthday today. Uh, yesterday. I had a few beers, so that's my excuse for that. Yeah, so we're going to, to be fair, Josh, we should have done a video of all like highlights and clips of your time on the podcast of just laughing and being happy with happy birthday over it. But um, I, I mean, do the viewers want to see that you reckon? No, I don't think there's a market for that. Me smiling. We'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll just, I'm sure we can do something. We'll, we'll figure something out, but yeah, Josh, firstly, yeah. Congrats. Happy birthday. Made it, made it another year. How, how old are you now? Um, most times I would say that I am refusing to answer that, but because I've just turned from Larry Bird to Paul Pierce, that's all that needs to be said. And if you guys can't work that out, then... Boom! Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three. Quick maths. Get on Google. You're uh, on the wrong podcast. <laughs> you are. Right, let's jump into it. Josh, what were your takeaways from this week? Mental time to be a Celtics fan. Yeah, it's just the um, the reassurances that we felt that we need off the back of the first game. So we were very high on the starting lineup, but obviously we didn't get quality minutes from many of the bench players in the first game. Yeah. Um, but then since then, very quickly that has sort of changed. We started to get like real valuable minutes from guys that we weren't certain we're going to be able to offer a deep enough. Um, basically contribute to a deep enough roster for this year to make Boston a title contender. Well, you know, so far we've got, since then, brilliant performances from the like of O'Shea Brissett and uh, even Sam Hauser in the last game. And then garbage time being extremely productive, you know, people like Peyton Pritchard stepping up, making plays. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's looking even more rosy than the last time we talked. 100%. And it is that, because I think, Although our starting five is championship caliber, there's no question about it. When you look at our bench, if we were to get any injuries, it, it is 
a, it would be a pretty scary time. Um, and it, again, we'd fall back on the reliance of, you know, say if Pozingas went down or whoever, you know, Jason and Jalen, it'd be back to last season and the past couple of seasons where we rely on them so heavily for for offence and, and, and for scoring. I mean, even now, I mean, the one, I am going to be a little bit negative. I mean, the one negative, albeit our, obviously our team runs through Jason. Um, it just seems there's been, although we've out, outperformed and outscored every team consistently, like, just phenomenally. <sighs> Some of the shots that Jason's still taking, I still think he could move that ball a little bit more. Wow. Okay. okay. So you think that ten... passes? Yeah, an extra couple passes, he might get back into the same look again. But again, he's made some. You know, I was watching as against the paces, and there's been there was a couple of times where he just made some three point shots, which I just think, why? There was no rush. We were comfortable. We were, you know, in motion. I know you might want to stat pad slightly, but. I mean, this is just be me, me being ultra negative, but um, other than that, I mean, our team's been phenomenal. I don't know, I don't know how you feel about that as well. I don't if you noticed anything like that. Well, I think it's uh, live by the three, die by the three situation with Tatum. Um, I think that he offers so many incredible things on the court, and I think that his shooting is so reliable mm. uh, that when he goes through those spells where you think could have passed that one up, you just have to sort of swallow it a little bit. Um, to a certain degree, because he's so unbelievable and game-changing when he's on form. Yeah. Uh, he's been really good to start the season. Um, the incredible thing is that they, uh, he and JB and Paul Zingas have already put up pretty impressive numbers, but you know the minutes haven't been there because they've been winning the game so spectacularly. So the, the statistically on paper, we could be looking at an even more incredible start from these guys and and, and there'd be sort of loftier conversations. But fortunately, for a good reason, Boston were just winning these games so convincingly so far, um, you know, half of them at least, that they're not even needed in the fourth quarter. So um, It's crazy. I mean, like we've had, I mean, you spoke about stats there, like one of the stats from the Pacers game, you know, our 155 points was the second most ever in a game um, mm. for us. Uh, behind mm. that was 173 against the uh, mini Lakers. Um, the original Lakers, let's put that up there right now. They're ones who won the, the Lakers the most titles. So, um, yeah, shove that up your ass, Lakers. Uh, <laughs> that, that was back in 1959. So, I mean, the team has started off, well, we scored 155 points, I think I calculated it at earlier. Um, yeah. Space of four games which is, uh, no, sorry, 400 points. That was what, and I found 255 against Pacers. We had 400, 400 points in four games. So yeah. averaging 100 points a game, it's probably, I can't think, it must be at least, it must be the best starting set of numbers in terms of points that we've had in the last 20 years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible start. The start at a ferocious pace. Um, but there's a good time to jump in on like how far do you think that can go? Um, if you actually look at the uh, history of the Celtics and the way that they've started seasons, uh, actually across the NBA, I mean, the best start obviously is Golden State when they went on that rip-roaring run in 2015-2016. And then also um, then then you're looking at like 15-14 and one of those is Boston. So Boston got off to a 14-0 start in 1957. <laughs> um, and their second best 
to that is 1964. So and then 90s and and for them you're looking at 11 and 0 and 10 and 0 uh, in 1972. Um, am I totally bonkers if I think that they can um, they can contend with that number, the 15 and 0? Sorry, the hold on. What have I said? The 14 and 0 number that is their record of best start. Because I'm looking at the schedule now. Yeah. Who have we got? Shoot. The the run for the rest of this month is do you want to count on your fingers? So we're at four nil now. Okay. Four and oh now. Okay, so we've got the Nets. Win. Timberwolves. Not easy, but it's, are we there's in, no reason. Are we at T D for that? Are we away? I can't remember. Uh, the t- that uh, hold on, where is that? Um, I, I always get confused because Google always does the opposite. They do it, Americans do it backwards, don't they? But anyway, look, doesn't yeah. matter. I think, yeah, we'll beat the no, net. but like, like I got so used to that that then I'm confused when Google does it our way around. Normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, Timberwolves. No yeah. reason that can't that can't be a dub. Yeah. Uh, if they continue the momentum, Sixers are. You know, historic- absolutely trash right now. So, well, um, lost their star player in James Harden, the ticket mm-hmm. seller himself. Um, so that is that's, that's <laughs> well, they're, they're they're three and one, um, the the Sixers. So, you know, depending on what happens between then and uh, sorry, between now and that game, I could be looking at a different team in better form, but um. Generally speaking, still backing them. And anyway, let's reel them off. Raptors. Yep. What would we be at then? We would be at what are we at the moment? Four, four and oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd be at eight, eight and oh. Knicks. That's obviously a dub. Thank you, Pav. <laughs> the Nick. The Knicks. Every time we play the Knicks, though, they stress me out. I don't know why. They seem to be our bogey team. So that one there, I'd be a bit like. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, are you stop? Are you stop? Are you stopping the run at nine? You think the Knicks are going to do us at nine? I, there's a part of me which thinks. There's a part of me that thinks. Are we, are we, do we play Orlando in this run at the, by the end of the month? No, not yet. Good. Right. Um, Otherwise, we would. But but by the way, I missed out one of the in-season tournament games because it doesn't count towards record, I believe. Um, but um, yeah, okay. Knicks would be nine and zero, right? So I, I reckon. But I, Okay, I'm confident we move past that and we get nine and zero, and then I think that um, I think that they beat the Sixers for ten and zero again. Then there's another um, in-season tournament game. Then the Grizzlies with Marcus Smart. Well, they, they don't look very good at the moment, do they? But um... it feels like an emotional one. Um, yeah, I think I think that. Where am I at there, numbers-wise? I haven't been counting very well. Oh, Christ, I think you're at 10 now, so, aren't you? 10 or 11? You say, oh, God, somebody's going to be listening and being like, God, these guys can't count. <laughs> Sim- simple stuff. Uh, Hornets, and then I I am guessing the first loss is against Milwaukee because if they continue to run, they will obviously have a little bit more pressure than Milwaukee. Um, oh, I think so. Well, end up I, I think I, I think the t- the twenty third of November is the first loss, 
And um, that actually takes us to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That would be the thirteenth regular season game. So that would end on twelve and zero, which would be two behind the all time. But to make it to level their best start ever, you would be looking at who would we be looking at? Where's the Bucks again? This is riveting, isn't it? This is just I mean, schedule talk at this point. The, the, the listeners are absolutely... I mean, if you haven't turned off by now, then kudos to you. Right. Anyway, to, to, to actually level the best start ever, it would be the 2nd of December against the Sixers. To beat it, they'd have to get all the way to the Cavaliers on the 15th of December. There we go. Boring schedule talk done. Boom. Right. Now, shall we just jump onto... I know there's a couple of points that you want to talk about. Um one of them being that the Celtics, obviously we're talking about the in-season tournament. You mentioned it just, just a second ago. It's a good segue into it, I suppose, is the brand new court, the parquet-less court, which will be the first time in franchise history that the Celtics do not have a parquet floor. Uh, well, they won't play on a parquet floor, basically. So that, you know, at home. So that is crazy. But this whole... Mm-hmm branding and everything i mean what do you think i mean obviously the jersey the city jersey released as well and personally i really like it i think it's really nice i mean it's quite simple like the celtics uniforms are generally um but it looks really clean i did think it was going to be off-white though for some reason from like the renders and what people are throwing around but it seems to be completely white um i don't know i haven't i haven't got it in person yet but you can buy them now so uh yeah, this is not an advert, so go buy it from wherever you buy your jerseys. But yeah, Josh, what what are you, what are you thinking? Well, a lot of the clothing looks to be off-white or like a beigey, creamy colour. It looks quite Milwaukee, actually, from the some of the stuff they've done in the past. Yeah, which looks really nice. Um, firstly, before I explain why, just tell people where they can follow you. So you can follow me at the Boston Brit on Twitter and Instagram. And Josh, where can they follow you? Uh, at pound coin which is c-o-y-n-e but anyway regardless of that um the mock-up you did to give people an idea way before they're actually going to get a chance to be able to see this new design especially considering how momentous a thing it is for the boston celtics who've stuck so rigidly to tradition in the past and sort of tried to keep it as uh, basic and classy as possible uh, respect to you for doing that because I think that a lot of people like were eager to see what it could potentially look like in an arena uh, and some of the other work you've been doing recently has been amazing so Nathan is a great designer go check him out um, I like I said it's strange that they've deviated from this after such a long time they, they would have had so many opportunities over the years um, to do this when other teams have maybe sort of cashed in on alternative designs and um, you know, totally rebranded for the sake of generating revenue. Boston haven't. Obviously, they've had City Edition uh, shirts and all that, but the changing of the court is a huge thing considering how steeped in tradition this team is. You think it's an NBA decision, though, rather than a team decision? Who who honestly knows? But I do think, and I've said this to you, I think, on, on Instagram or whatever, yeah. I think that um, they've picked a perfect time to do it because obviously introducing a new tournament is a major move, regardless of what you think. Uh, it is obviously a massive step for the the association. 
and to be able to use that as a, an excuse to deviate from the traditional style is really smart because they wouldn't have been able to justify it otherwise in my opinion yeah well uh, yeah i think it's kind of gone down as a mixed bag really hasn't it i think like you said since i did that little quick mock-up i suppose um people have loved it people have hated it i i think there was an element of uh so our our good friend mo moon he uh, hoop genius mo commented on on the post saying uh what would have been good is they had parquet down the middle so they mm. could have had that halfway haven of that new element but kept a, that strip in the middle of the parquet um, if you haven't seen it before and you are watching it on video, um, I will put an image overlaid on this while me and Josh are talking so you know what I'm talking about. But um, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, arguably for a team that's so set in its traditions, you know, with the jerseys, like our jerseys never change. Our association, our icon, our statement jersey has changed slightly over the years, but typically it's always been, you know, green and white and then a black um so i yeah i'm not i'd be interested to see it but i don't want it to stay if that makes sense like i think it would be a point in history where it's kind of right we've done that right let's get let's get let's get our parquet back kind of thing well it's interesting is it because whilst i think that you did a tremendous job of like giving even if it was a rough rough mock-up we you gave us a sort of a look into what it could potentially look ultimately we don't know what these things look like until we see it in action on the broadcast especially i think that there have been loads of alternative core ideas that on paper have been like at least interesting you think about uh the honeycomb one that the hornets did um i thought that's a cool idea i do find it quite jarring when you're actually watching a game i think it's a bit too much i think it distracts from the basketball yeah. you think about the sort of white out one that the Nets did. Um, it was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Nobody's ever done that. I bet it's quite visually interesting. It did take me out of the game a little bit. It looked like they were playing in a, a cartoon, honestly. Uh, so, so I do think that it will be it will be interesting because it's quite a bold decision. Like, no, not many basketball courts look like this. No, the way it does, it. and and it almost looks like um, it looks like uh, not much madness, but it looks like a a tournament. A court that you'd find in a tournament that's trying it's to like breathe new vibe. life into basketball. It is given that. Oh, well, sorry. That, that is given yeah. that madness, like vibe esque, isn't it? Of that kind of tournament. Mm. I mean, we'll probably talk about yeah. the tournament in another episode anyway, because personally, I don't, I don't really like it. If I'm brutally honest, or if it was to happen, I think there needs to be left regular season games. But we'll we'll do a whole segment on that maybe next week or something. But. You know, talking about something or talking about stuff that's new, right? So the Celtics, if you've been watching on the NBC stream, you would have noticed a new play-by-play. Um, and that's with Scal. Uh he's been kind of jumping in where uh Mike, obviously, in this is last season, is not there. And his name is Drew Carter. Now, Josh, I know you had a little bit of a research on him um this week and it is wild what he is doing at the age of what he is now do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about him yeah sort of when you said that it made me think that he's he's a little bit like uh the victor when when Binyama of play by play, by play announcing 
Um, he's way ahead of his years. No, he if you if you actually so so I saw him on the first broadcast that he was on. Um, I saw that actually, I think that he'd been announced in the summer as somebody who was going to be sort of back up Gorman where possible. There have been a few people who have done it. Some of people, even friends of the podcast, Sean, Sean Grande, did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people in and out of roles like that that I think that whilst they're great and obviously maybe they're great in different formats like the radio in Boston or um, it's really hard to live up to somebody like Mike Gorman who's such a broadcasting legend and has such an original voice and is so enjoyable and almost comfortable to listen to. You know, it's like... Um, like Attenborough, the Attenborough of the NBA. Exactly, yeah. It really makes me feel like I'm really watching Boston basketball. Um, so for somebody like Drew Carter, who has been uh, the play-by-play announcer alongside uh, Scalabrini, in the absence of Gorman, to come along at the age of 26, um, four years, yeah, four years out of university. So he graduated four years ago, got a bit of experience. Now he's the play-by-play announcer for the Boston Celtics. That is just absolutely incredible. And to then totally own the broadcasts, not only, you know, keeping up with the game in a really like um, intuitive and high level way, but also like bringing character to the show. And like, there's already been on certain so- like Boston socials, there's already been multiple little uh, ongoing jokes that have been created by the broadcast with Scalabrini, you know, and, uh, yeah, and he really owns it. So just respect to someone that young coming in and uh, totally owning the space. And it's looking like if they can hold on to him, Drew Carter might be a a, a wonderful predecessor to the legendary Mike Mike Gorman. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to try and get him on the podcast before he becomes, you know, the 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 big the the big man the big man in town. Um, yeah. we'll have to try and get one podcast but yeah like that is that is crazy at 26 years old, I don't even know what I was doing at 26 years old to be honest um, no no um, I think certainly I'm, not that yeah I was just drinking pumpkin spice lattes and fluttering around London probably at that point but um, <laughs> I have no idea where that's come from um, so <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's incredible I mean 26 what was I doing I certainly wasn't taking Mike Gorman's job that's it's a big, it's a big, free. big pair of shoes to step into. It's the same with when kind of Scal stepped into Tommy's um, kind of shoes, but it's very hard. Again, like the Celtics are so firm in their traditions and they form part of the furniture, don't they? So when mm-hmm. that changes, it's a very uh, wobbly few months until, you know, it's got to be the right person to come in. It's got to be the right person to come in for sure. And, like I said, like Dan's, um, uh, Drew, sorry, Drew's done some, 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 you know, he's done some great stuff so far at the age of 26. And it's just, yeah, it's baffling. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, honestly, it's pretty staggering that um, Gorman didn't end up doing this. But at the age of 26 and being this good, it's it, it would be actually pretty amazing if they were able to keep him away from the nationals. Yeah. Well, what to be fair, what we're going to have to do at one point, Josh, right? We're, we're going to have to, get a bit of a game and me and you are going to have to trial it and test it of us trying to be play-by-play announcers. Cause I think there's many listeners out there thinking, you know what? I can do that. I can sit there. I no, 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 no. Talk about basketball, but 
it is a whole different beast even like when we had sean on when he was explaining how, how he works and stuff like that it's just it's a different mindset and oh, uh, it's an encyclopedia and yeah, yeah. Uh, so much about it is a natural character and uh ability to react it's just like it's such a sharp job and uh a specific set of skills that you have to have to be able to do it can you it's imagine amazing. can you imagine us i'm going to reach out to the celtics right i'm going to say look guys give scowl and drew slash mike a break right just for one game let let the boston brit and the basketball ass yeah, no fight. give us give us t- one quarter and uh watch how we melt into our seats we that'd just- be good for nbc I mean, it would be, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the ratings would do for NBC, but I can imagine they would, uh, I don't know, so, some some Americans love the British accent, don't they? So they, they might want to listen to a, a British guy for, for uh, you know, a little bit of time before we... Well, we might, we might pick the wrong team because historically I think there's some issues between the British and Boston, but we can... Sorry, the Boston Brit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we can... We'll reach out to the Celtics. We'll see if we can uh, we can be part of their their plans. Uh, like I said, we'll end up talking about pumpkin spice lattes and floating around London probably. But um, but yeah, no. So I feel like that's loaded. By the way, I feel like you're basically saying that's what I'm up to every day now. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't live, Flo- in, London. I don't Flo- live in London. Floating anymore. around London with a, a pumpkin spice latte. Well, d- the question is, do you though? Not pumpkin spice, but I am floating around London with a latte. I mean, I'm halfway there. <laughs> I'm halfway there. But um, no, so we've we've kind of touched on stuff which has happened. Oh, yeah, one thing as well. Um, we are going to have a guest on shortly. Um, not in this episode, obviously, but, but soon. Uh, she has left the Boston Celtics now, but she's going to come and join us anyway. And um, I'm not going to say who. You can you probably know who anyway now because I've kind of given it away, but um, that's going to be quite an exciting thing as well because that, she's worked with the Celtics for god, how many years? I, I, I don't know, about 12 years, maybe, maybe, mm, yeah. So, um, it'd be interesting to hear some of the how some of her stories, but um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to touch on, Josh, before we start rolling into the guest list and ban list for this week? Uh, no, I, I for some reason my head just went racing there thinking of like potential guests you could get because you just basically to people who watch throughout who have been watching throughout the years uh they they would know probably who you're on about but for some reason i was thinking about potential teases for other celtics related guests uh, and i was thinking like imagine you just said one day oh i think uh i've got little funk to uh be interviewed <laughs> And it was just loads of like dancing kids, like not answering our questions, <laughs> but like doing amazing head spins. Anyway, sorry, I've gone totally not. Uh, all the dog with the frisbee. Remember him? He, he was quite a common guest. Oh, what's his name? He's an old timer. He is. He's, a, he's he's the goat of the halftime shows. Um, well, come on, let's. I mean, Red Panda is the all time. Well, can't be so. Who was the team? Who was the team? We played against the way. I know we're deviating here. But they had at half time, I think it might have been the Nets, right? I'm not too sure. Um, but we had um I remember watching it, and there was a woman contorting herself for a toilet seat. 
and I cannot remember what it is. If I can find the clip, if I can find it, I will put it in the podcast. But if not, guys, we need your help. DM yeah. me or Josh with the video, because I'm sure one of you out there listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. But there was someone in the middle of the court, it wasn't at TD, thank God, but they were yeah. contorting, she was contorting herself through a toilet seat. I just think, yeah. like, fuck me. Like, what? what is the budget? Like, what the fuck? It's the same with the, the Bucks this week when they have Flavor Flav singing the national anthem. Bubbles singing there gave proof. Incredible. Um, I mean, look, I know they paid Yanis that much money, but Jesus, I know I'm talking about scrimping on the fucking entertainment, but my Lord, that was... Well, I've got, I, I, I've got an unbelievable um, scoop for you here. Oh, no. I'm on a web. I'm on a website for a company called Half Time well, well, Dogs. Well, you're on a website. <laughs> I signed it's good. I'm on a website called Half Time Dogs. Uh, flying <laughs> disc. <laughs> it's halftimedogs.com. Where's the podcast gone? We've gone. We've gone rogue. It's hard. Though, so here's the good news, though. To um, this year, the next time you're going to be able to see Half Time Dog catch a frisbee in a Celtics game is the 11th of November. All right, mark it in your calendars, people. Make sure you watch the NBC stream and you'll get to see... Oh, what is the dog called? It's like a little... Uh, uh, they've got multiple dogs, so I'm not, I can't guarantee which dog is going to be uh, at the Celtics game, but I'll tell you your options if you want. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no, these are the owners, not the not the dogs themselves. I, don't, I'm, I have no interest in the name of the owners. Yeah. Well, anyway, look, if, if you need to, make sure you uh, mark that in your calendar. It's 11 November. You may see a Pomeranian. You may see a Golden Retriever. Or you may see someone contorting themselves for a toilet. Look, who knows? But um, we should jump onto the, the, the guest list and the ban list just quickly, just just, just to end. Yeah. Um, so I'll jump straight into it. My um, banned my ban list not not because they're a bad person just because they hyped up this game so much and they played shit and that is Gallinari um he made it we made everyone aware from a Celtics perspective is that I'm marking this on my calendar and that is it I'm going to hammer the Celtics played like I would in the NBA basically I think he's got like three points and played utter shite and uh, I I honestly think I could get more points than what he did that night I'm not gonna lie Right. Well, okay. That's an interesting one. So whilst I do think it's funny that he said he was going to mark it on his calendar, yeah. um, on my band list is people who just read headlines and don't read the story because he did not <laughs> say he was going to hammer the Celtics. I think it was more of a throwaway comment, you know, like where he's like, um, yeah, I know. I'm always looking. I, I grew up a Celtics fan. I'm always trying to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not dismissing your choice because I do think it was a bold thing to say. No, but I knew. Um, I knew. I knew you were going to come back and say something like that because it is true. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he didn't come out and say specifically, "I'm going to have a Celtics." I know what you mean, but it was like I, I just found it funny that that whole media build up and that whole hype, and then you know, Gallo came out and played terrible. It was a non-factor. Who's who's on your ban list? Oh, I thought you were accepting that as an answer. Oh, is that, is, that, uh, is that your band list as well? Is it people that uh, that don't read the don't read the headline? Uh, no. Um, 
Who is it? I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really thought about this. It's fine. What I mean, I say first? we kind of wiped the floor with most people. So not, not many people have kind of been, you know. Yeah, it's hard to be upset. It um, is. I mean, if you don't have one, that's fine. We can just both agree on the whole Gallinari. Because I, mean, I couldn't think of anyone. That's why I went with Gallinari. Because that's the only thing I could think of, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, for... we've got quite a timid. We've got quite a timid uh, band list this week, so there's no one that we want to uh, drop kick out of the out of the garden party. But now, I think we may have the same person here. Maybe wrong. So for the guest list this week, I'm going with Derek White. That love it. Plain, plain and simple. The guys come out in in our four games, sixty three points, played efficiently played effectively up and down the court, uh, been great defensively, hustle play, stepping in where Marcus used to have that hustle. Derek White's doing that job for us. Yeah, Derek White. I feel like that's that's one of the many times he's going to be top of the list, him and Drew Holiday, uh, as they both try and outperform each other on the defensive end. But yeah. both of them are, are really offering something different. Yeah, Derek White's been absolutely incredible, um, taking another step up by the looks of it this season. Um, he's packed on some muscle, I think. Uh, and as we said before, the aer- aerodynamics of him getting rid of the hair yeah. uh, was a tremendous, tremendous move. And his little move. hands as well. And his little hands. I don't know if you saw his Halloween costume, but... I did see the uh, little hand. That was a great, great little <laughs> I touch. Why I find it so funny and I don't know why. Just, yeah. just the normal man of little hands just killed me. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, make sure you Google it. Go and Google it. Uh, Jalen Brown is top of my guest list. Uh, yeah. Not the first time he's ever been on it not the last. Um, I think that he answered, um, he probably was conscious of and probably heard murmurings of the fact that Kristaps Porzingis was the second option in Boston. Um, after signing that enormous contract over the summer, he came with a, an, an unbelievable, he just he, he just came and owned the start of the game against uh, Washington. He was absolutely amazing. Um, sorry, did I say Washington? I, yeah, I meant I, I meant the basis. Um, just just totally fearless. Just uh, you know, this is my team. Um, d- like on on any given night, this can be my. T- I d- sorry, I did I did mean the Wizards. Um, well, he would just he just he, give me the ball, get out of the way, and let me own this game because I'm still Jalen Brown and uh, I'm still the second, occasionally first option on this team. Yeah, so, Jalen Brown, top of the list. He answers a lot of crit- he answered a lot of critics this week for sure. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah. So, Josh, that's episode two. That is episode two in the bag. Uh if you've got anything else to add quickly before we go. Peace and love, baby. Yeah. Until next week, guys. Yeah. Peace. Let's hope for some more Celtics wins. But yeah, once again, thanks for joining. Make sure you share, like, love the pod, however you can. But yeah, anyway, see you later, guys. Peace.